Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network How's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvez, and you are listening to the House of Indie Podcast. And I have somebody in the studio who is writing a really great book coming out very soon, and his name is Eric. And I don't want to mess up your last name. Is it Palicki? Yep, Palicki. All right, got it exactly right. right. Perfect, perfect. It's 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 pronounced the way it's spelled, right? <laughs> Those are- yes, but everyone always trips over it and and thinks that it's going to be more difficult than it is and, and that's exactly what i did it sounds it looks a whole lot more difficult than it is but it's it's exactly the way it sounds awesome so i have you on the show because i i recently uh saw on on scout comics that you got you're coming out with something really really cool and i read the log line and the premise of this book was so cool that i had to reach out to you for everybody out there who doesn't know uh what what book we're talking about can you give them the name and the uh, quick log line of the book sure sure the book is called atlantis wasn't built for tourists uh it is uh going to be a four issue miniseries from scout comics as you said uh it's the story of a a drifter named Lucas Lewis who wanders into a small town in the Pacific Northwest and discovers that uh, the town itself is under siege from some uh, otherworldly creatures living in the surrounding forests. Lucas decides to take matters into his own hands and uh, try to save the city from itself but discovers in so doing uh, that maybe the monsters living in the woods are only the beginning of the town's secrets. Yeah, and I actually got the opportunity to read the first issue, and that's exactly what it is. You're, you're towards the end of the book, you're just like, there's something more going on here. I I, I can't stress enough how good this book was uh you know those first issues they're always one of those things where you're like all right you're setting up the story you're setting up the 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 scene so to speak and sometimes they're a little slow this one was not that at all you get right into it first first uh first page there there's something crazy going on that sets everything into motion and and I got to tell you that the writing was very excellent. And that's, you know what I mean? Not, not because I got you on the show. Well, I appreciate you saying that it's kind of, uh, this project in particular was, uh, it's kind of a, a kitchen sink project for me as I just kind of wanted to throw everything but the kitchen sink into it. And okay. it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of my influences. There's, um, you know, there's, there's shades of, of Buffy the vampire slayer mm. and, uh, H.P. Lovecraft and yeah. uh, Sergio Leone westerns, and you know I live up in here in Seattle, so I wanted to to do something about uh, you know to 
to tell a story set in this, in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got to kind of just, you know, throw everything at the, at the story. Yeah. You definitely get this kind of, uh, this lone ranger kind of, uh, feel with, uh, with Lucas here. And, and it, it's a really good story. I liked it a whole lot. The, the, the tone of it, it was, was awesome all the way through pretty, pretty great, but that's not the only thing that you've done, right? What, what else have you done in the industry? Sure. Well, I've been, uh, you know, I've been around for, for quite a while. Uh, uh, I, uh, before this, uh, I had recently wrapped up a couple of edit, editing gigs with a company called a wave blue world. Uh, mm-hmm. we did a few anthologies there, uh, two science fiction anthologies. The first one was just re-released in comic stores and bookstores called all we ever wanted. Okay. Uh, all we ever wanted is a collection of, uh, aspirational positive future science fiction stories Mm -hmm. so we wanted to veer more towards the star trek vision of the future and away from mad max yeah uh and uh you know that was nominated for a ringo award last year oh cool Uh, i co-edited that with uh, with another comics writer editor named matt minor uh also for away blue world i did dead beats which was some musically themed horror stories was a was a book i edited uh, before that, I had actually published uh, a four-issue miniseries I co-wrote with my sister called No Angel, which was published oh, cool. at Black Mask Studios in uh, 2017. That's super cool. Tell us a little bit about Black Mask, uh, or, or uh, what was it called? No Angel, right? Yeah, No Angel. Uh, so that was a really exciting project because I got to collaborate with my sister. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we we sort of told the story of a of a, it's a, it's another another person wandering into a, a small town. in this case, a U uh, S army veteran who comes home after her, her father is murdered. Um, and she involves herself in, in the investigation into his death and discovers that uh, there might be supernatural forces at work, uh, partially due to her father's own doing. Uh, wow. And then again, it's another supernatural murder mystery that unfolds from there. That's that's really cool. And how was it? How was it uh, to work with your sister on on a book like that? Uh, it was it was great. You know, she, she is another uh, creative person. She works in uh, in another creative industry, but had always has always kind of shared my love of comics. I think in oh, part so cool. because I was so passionate about them when we were mm-hmm. growing up together, and uh, so you know when black mask approached me about pitching to them, mm-hmm. I said, well, I have this, this story I want to tell with my sister and they were all on board and uh, it was great. And, you know, because I am the person with the comics writing experience, mm-hmm. I wrote the scripts okay. from plots that she and I worked out together, uh, sent them to her for notes. And, and that was basically how the collaboration worked. That's, that's gotta be really cool to work with your, uh, a sibling like that and, and be creative. But you, you spoke a little bit about your childhood with your sister. You guys shared the love of comics. What was your first first favorite comic book or or the first book that you ever bought? Uh, so so I everything is fuzzy from that period of my my uh, my life. But I remember two really big touchstones when it came to uh, to comics when I was you know sixth grade junior high school mm-hmm. in in that rough age range. Um, a, a good friend of mine as a child had inherited his, his uncle's collection of comics. Okay. 
And the first thing I grabbed out of the pile was uh, the Iron Man from the the Armor Wars story. Oh, okay. Um, Super cool. Which was this this really cool story in which Tony Stark decides to go after all the people that have been stealing uh, Stark technology to build their own their own suits. And it was Mm -hmm. just this really cool, complex story. You know, you're used to superheroes in the cliched good versus evil sense, but there was a lot of moral ambiguity uh, to that story in terms of, you know, uh, what that technology that had been stolen from Tony Stark had been doing Mm -hmm. and whether it was really in the world's best interests for him to take it back or was he being selfish? Mm -hmm. And that was a really cool uh, way to be exposed to just how mature the stories that you can tell in comics are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second, the second thing that I always remember is being uh, 11 or 12 years old and at a seven 11 and seeing this uh, uncanny X-Men 275, which was, you know, as we were approaching the end of Chris Claremont's run on uncanny X-Men with yeah. Jim Lee and 275 was an anniversary issue. And it had this awesome gatefold cover that I just fell in love with immediately. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to have it. And then I've been buying comics, you know, weekly ever since. That's awesome. Uh, same here, man. I like, my childhood with comic books is a little fuzzy too, but the one thing that I do remember and, and my listeners have probably grown tired of me saying this, <laughs> but I walked, I, there was a little ice cream shop in my hometown and uh, what they had a little mini arcade in the back and they had a section for magazines. And then in, in one row there, it was a small little row, but the, they had some comic books and they had comic books on a spindle rack. And I grabbed uh, Jim Lee's uh, volume two of X-Men and it was the first issue I think it was the cover which cover was it I think it was cover C that I grabbed um, and and since then I picked up every every cover because they're all connecting covers and and I picked them up and they're all hanging up on my wall now but yeah and it's it's such a cool thing to kind of reminisce back and 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 remember those kinds of things and Especially if you you there's just one memory that just sticks out in your mind. Everybody's got that one memory in, from their childhood. Super cool. So, uh, I, how how do you feel like do you, was was reading those books from your childhood? Did that have any kind of influence in the way you write today? Um. So I I don't know that those books are the ones that really influence me. I think those are the ones that made me fall in love with the medium, but I think it's the stuff that I discovered. You know, I like most kids had a period where I I looked at at comics and realized that it was kid stuff and I gave it up in favor of yeah. you know, sports and girls in high school. <laughs> Same and, here. <laughs> and and then I came back to it, you know, towards the end of my my high school Uh, my time in high school and Mm -hmm. into college, I I discovered, and again, it was that sort of quantum leap in the Mm -hmm. maturity of the medium. And I discovered stuff like Sandman. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. The, that was around the time that, um, that Wildstorm and DC Mm -hmm. were publishing all of the, the Warren Ellis planetarian and the authority books. And Mm -hmm. I think the thing that really was for me, the trigger, the catalyst that said, Hey, you could do this 
was the first authority trade paperback. They reprinted mm. the script from the first issue, from Warren Ellis's first issue of The Authority. Oh, wow. And it was a really easy to understand format. Mm-hmm. And it was really something I could look at and say, yes, I can do this. And here wow. we are. Yeah, because uh, that's one of those things that, that scares me a little bit because, you know, every creative person has a story in their head, especially if you want to, you know, get into writing of, of any form. You always have that one story in your head that you have to get out. And, and uh, you know, script writing is is that there's like a super uh, stressful thing for me because I'm like I look at some some uh, people who are super successful and I see their scripts and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is just this would stress me out. How can I do this? And for you to see something that that just made you fall in love with it and be like, OK, this this is an easy format. I can do this. And, right. I mean, there are things that if you look at Alan Moore's scripts, just to use, <laughs> I think, the most extreme example, you know, yeah. he'll write a 60 or 70 page script for a 20 page comic. And it, <laughs> yeah, that that in itself can make the the art form daunting yeah you know i mean i usually try to stick to it sometimes it changes but i usually as a rule try to stick to one typed page for every one comic page okay like that's that's kind of the translation mm-hmm. i go for um because it keeps it it makes it not too daunting for me as a writer not too daunting for an editor or an artist who has mm-hmm. to uh read it later and understand yeah what the hell i'm trying to convey <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be really difficult to, uh, uh, one way or the other, because you got to put enough in there so that your artist can understand what you're trying to do and what you're trying to convey and then not put too much to, uh, to, you know, cause a problem for them later. So I completely understand that. So yeah, there's famously with, with, again, with Alan Moore, there's famously some pictures floating around of, uh, uh, Dave Gibbons copies of those scripts where he mm-hmm. printed them out and then just highlighted out of pages and pages of texts one or two sentences in each panel description that was actually what was important versus <laughs> all of this other unnecessary information <laughs> that's funny um so along those lines so how 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 do you creatively get the juices flowing what is your what is your uh creative process oh my creative that's it really changes from project to project okay um you know sometimes uh there are uh this this is a difficult question and it's very <laughs> complex so give me a second to sort of formulate my answer sure, because sure. i think it always starts with with two i need two things before i can really start the script uh phase of any project is I need a, an idea, a hook, a high concept. Okay. Um, and I need an ending. And if I have those two things, uh, then it's usually easy for me to just, to just plow forward with the scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do a lot of very detailed outlines, uh, much to the, to the chagrin of many of my peers who mm-hmm. are, are very careful outliners. I really just need to know the end destination yeah, and then maybe a couple of, you know, waypoints yeah. uh, along the path to, mm-hmm. to the ending. Uh, and then in terms of, of writing, you know, I try to write two to three hours on my days off, uh, sometimes longer if I'm facing a deadline of some sort. Uh, I do a lot of, of, you know, I take a lot of walks for inspiration, especially okay. now 
uh, in the world we're living in. That's yeah. about the only thing I can do um, outside <laughs> right, of right. being home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually create playlists on Spotify for my projects. Okay. Uh, I find that like having a set song list for yeah. an entire project helps me kind of get into and stay in the same headspace okay. from yeah. beginning to end of a, of a project. Super cool. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but I want to get into, and I'm going to ask the question before the break, and then once we come back, you can answer it. Uh, okay. So you, you talked about uh, creating a playlist. Is there a, is there always a certain song that goes from project to project, or does it stay the same, or do they differ, things of that nature? Do you have to change it up a little bit for project to project? Because I've spoken to a handful of creators. They say, I, have, I can't have the same playlist running it has to change the with the tone of the of the book that i'm writing so so once we come back from break i want you to answer that if that's possible sure hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's go ahead and take a small break. All right, we're back from break. So I asked you a question before the break, and it was about it was pertaining to the playlist that you have on Spotify. And uh, I wanted to know if if there's a if there's at least one song that has to be on every playlist that you have from project to project, or does it differ? So it usually tends to differ. Um, what I've been finding, I've been doing lately, and this uh, you know this sounds sounds almost silly saying it out loud, but I usually go through the uh, the 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 whole gamut of of music that I like, and then I sort of try to find a char- like a character's theme song. Okay. So, you know, like this song makes me think of of uh of of this particular character. And uh uh for for Lucas, for example, uh it's the song Come Wander With Me by Brian Fallon. Okay. Uh, uh which I definitely recommend people go go check out. Yeah. Uh, Brian Fallon used to be the lead or is the lead singer of the Gaslight Anthem. And I know that, you know, there's a huge contingent of comics fans that also like the Gaslight Anthem. So definitely check that song out. Super cool. Uh, free plug right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so so what I will do is for every character in a in a in a book, I will figure out, OK, what's the song that mm-hmm. most encapsulates what they're about? And then I'll add all those songs to a playlist along mm-hmm. with some other stuff that I just. I enjoy because it kind of sets the mood or the tone of, okay. of, of what I like. And like I said, I am as much as I like to think I'm cool when it comes to my musical <laughs> tastes, I, I, I like a little bit of everything. Yeah. So it's really easy for me to create these crazy playlists. That's, that's actually pretty cool. Cause that's the one ongoing thing that I hear from uh, creators that, they always have to create a playlist for themselves to play in the background or or they there's got to be some kind of background noise either a TV or their favorite show or or something like that you know i've i've had a creator say that they have they play the office in the background so because they 
they've seen it so many times and when they hear a couple things it kind of keeps them in that in that mode where like oh this is awesome i love this episode or if they're a writer they love the writing in the episode and things of that nature so they always kind of pertain these things that that help them to to be creative and i think that's pretty awesome and uh, there when back when in high school when i used to do some creative writing i there used to be uh, there's always one band that I would always go back to and listen to, and I just had to throw it in there, just even to, either just to to get me excited to get into the mode, or 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 and then I would change it and I would change up my my playlist. But that's the one thing that everybody goes back to is playing music. Okay, so I need to know the world is crazy, right? Yes, <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. We're all stuck inside. Uh, if you guys, uh, some states are open, some states are still closed down. So, uh, what have you been doing to occupy your time? Have you been writing a lot? Uh, so, well, I, I am very lucky in that my day job is in uh, pharmaceuticals. So, okay. I have, I am an essential employee. So, I've still been going to my day job uh, with mm-hmm. a fair amount of regularity. Um, I have, when I'm home, uh, like I said, I take a lot of walks because yeah. that's really the the only chance to get out of the house okay. other than to and from work. Yeah, and uh, catching up on my on my Netflix and Hulu cues. Really excited <laughs> about uh, uh, the Umbrella Academy season two dropping. Oh yeah, man! I'm excited about uh, that one too. And uh, reading reading a lot of comics, and then okay, uh, it really did take a while for me to get into. Uh, a creative headspace outside of mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, with, with everything that's been going on in the world, it's kind of been stressful. So yeah. the first couple months I really had trouble getting into the right creative headspace to mm-hmm. do comics yeah. work, but finally, yeah. you know, finding my footing in that arena again. Uh-huh. And, and now that's a big part of my free time is, is, is working on new projects and, and yeah. trying to get some things going so that as you know, the comics industry ramps back up to full mm-hmm. speed, I have some, some more things to put out into the world. So you mentioned uh, umbrella Academy. Did you read the, the book before the show? I, I have read the first volume. Okay. Uh, I know that the second volume, the second episode or the second season rather uh-huh. is going to diverge quite a bit from the, the, the source material. So I'm okay. going back and forth on whether I should read the second volume or the third volume before yeah. diving into the, the show. So, so have you, uh, have you seen any other comic book adaptions? Uh, well, we, you know, I watched the boys, but okay. that actually, I guess, dropped before everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, they got, the, they got another one coming up very soon. So that's really cool. So, uh, what is your favorite comic book that you're reading right now? Cause you mentioned back that a little bit ago that you, that you've been uh, grabbing books ever since, you know, you picked it back up in your, uh, in your early adult life. So I need to know what's, what's, what are you reading right now? Uh, well, I'm, I'm liking, you know, all of the, the X stuff, the house of X powers of 10 stuff okay. yeah. and, and the, the stuff that's come out sub- subsequently mm-hmm. uh, reading that with a couple of exceptions <laughs> and enjoying that whole thing. As far as like indie books go um, Reaver okay. uh, from Skybound is an excellent uh, yeah. sort of sword and sorcery book. Uh, Justin Jordan, who is the writer of Reaver, is also mm-hmm. doing a sequel to his uh, Dead Body Road series from a few years ago that just yeah. started up again. Uh, 
you know, those are, those are books that are exciting. I have dropped a phenomenal amount of money on, on, on Kickstarter lately. Oh yeah. Uh, and, you know, following up on books that, that some friends of mine are doing uh, now that I'm working with Scout for the first time, which is mm-hmm. a, you know, that's a relationship that I and other parties have been circling for a while. And I'm really mm-hmm. excited to finally be doing work for them. Uh, I've been reading more and more Scout comics. I can see you've got uh, uh, Metal Shark Bro yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, behind you there. And yeah. uh, that's one of my, that's one of my very favorite books. And mm-hmm. uh, Bob and Kevin, yeah. who are the writers of that book, are two of my very favorite yeah. people in the industry. So yeah. I'm excited to, to read more of that. Yeah, Bob, we've had uh, Bob, Kevin, and Walter on, on on in the past, and they're some really cool guys. And uh, they what they're doing with Metal Shark Bro is freaking fantastic. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I have way too many scout guys on my, uh, guys and gals on my show. Like <laughs> the other day I was, I was, uh, joking around with a local, uh, comic shop, uh, uh, owner and I was telling him, you know, I am the unofficial ambassador for scout comics. So, <laughs> cause I've had just recently, just to name a few, I've had, uh, Hoven and Crow on, I've had, uh, Silverbacks on, I've got you, um, I've had so many scout guys on and guys and gals on. So, um, they, but scout right now, and that's a testament because I, I really love what scouts doing. They're doing a lot of amazing stuff right now. You know, it eats what feeds it is great. You know, the people are talking about Everglades and, and then, uh, your book is one of the, one of the big ones that everybody's, you know, whispering about right now too. Um, there's ton, tons of stuff coming out really good from scout, um, there's all kinds of other ones that source point press is coming out with some great stuff. I'll turn all, all these other small press companies are, are got some really great stuff, but right now scout has got my eye on them. So they're doing really good things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned source point and I'm a, I'm from Northwest Ohio. So mm-hmm. those are all, all those people that work with yeah. Travis at source point are, are, you know, old friends of mine from yeah. the old stomping ground. So it's, uh, it's nice to see that, you know, his, uh, his stature has elevated in the last couple of years. Oh yeah, yeah, they got some really good stuff coming out from there as well. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited. Um, there's some really cool stuff that uh, we're going to talk to a couple of creators from Source Point Press in the net in the near future. So uh, stay tuned for that. But yeah, um, you know what? This has been awesome. I appreciate you hanging out with me. Um, so are you working on anything else that uh, that's coming up in the near future? I know we got Atlantis coming up. Uh, so yeah. I've got uh, I've got maybe someday, which is another anthology of positive future science fiction stories. It's a follow up that I'm doing at a Wave Blue World. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a follow up to All We Ever Wanted that I'm doing for a Wave Blue World. Awesome. And uh, I've got a couple of other unannounced things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is a collaboration, another collaboration with uh, Wendell Cavalcanti, who is the artist on Atlantis Wasn't Built for Tourists. Yeah. I do want to just take a quick moment to shout sure. out. Sure, yeah, definitely. Uh, Wendell, as well as colorist Mark Dale and letterer Sean Lee, who were the rest of the the rest of the team on Atlantis Wasn't Built yeah. for Tourists. Uh, they all did a phenomenal job, and I hope to work with every last one of them again someday soon. Yeah, and I got to tell you that the artwork on this book, uh, this is the kind of style that I that I I really like a lot. This uh, it's it's really really cool, really detailed. The colors are awesome. Uh, you know, nobody there's always people who always always miss out on um, talking about the letterers, but the letterers 
are the people they're they're just as big as you know the writer and the uh artist right because they they tell the story <laughs> so if you uh you, the the lettering ain't, ain't isn't right uh the book isn't right so uh yeah, no. we definitely gotta we gotta always mention them as well yeah the whole team is is uh, a group of guys that i think people should keep their eye on because yeah. they've been actually all been around for a while mm-hmm. and i think they're all going places that's that's pretty awesome maybe maybe i'll reach out to wendell and we'll have him on the show soon so and we'll talk more about it in great detail so i appreciate you coming on um where can anybody find you if you have any social media any websites any any good stuff like that please let us know sure it's uh uh, i'm on twitter and instagram uh i'm much more active on twitter than on instagram but i'm at eric palicki at both on both and uh, i have a website ericpalicki.com uh there's also a web store to grab some of my old uh uh creator-owned and self-published work there. Awesome. I was just going to ask, where can I get those anthologies? So is that where we can grab those? You can grab those. Uh, the anthologies are all on Amazon as well as Comixology, your local comic store, which is, you know, especially right now, the first yeah. place I suggest checking. They cool. should be able to order all of uh, Deadbeats, all we ever wanted, and maybe someday through Diamond. So, you know, in the state we're in, you know, mm-hmm. support your Support your LCS if you can. Definitely, definitely. With on that note, really quick, do you have your favorite LCS where you are located? Uh, yeah. Um, I shop at here in Seattle at uh, Outsider Comics and Geek Boutique oh, up in cool. the Fremont neighborhood. That's a, that's a really cool name. In fact, uh, there will uh, Outsider Comics is is owned by um a a lovely husband and wife duo uh jill and reagan taplin and uh jill used to be a comics editor when amazon had their own comics imprint okay and um i don't want to speak too soon Mm -hmm. uh this is really not my announcement to make but i believe (laughs) that jill We'll be doing some work with Scout in the near future as well. Oh, that sounds awesome. Super cool. I'm looking forward to that. That sounds really cool. So, all right. Awesome. I appreciate you hanging out with us. And I appreciate you shouting out your favorite uh, LCS because, yeah, you're right. In this time, because of all the crazy stuff going on, they are small business. And they are probably one of the small businesses that people overlook. So, if you guys can, get out to your local comic shop purchase some books support them in any way and you know what just just buy some really great stuff from from these really cool shops that we have locally so again eric it was really awesome to have you on man we gotta we gotta talk again sometime when we uh when you got some more stuff coming out well yeah so the first issue is going to drop on august 12th um and then it should be more or less monthly thereafter yeah Uh, i hope people check it out and maybe you and i can uh can talk again once the whole book's out uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Eric. From thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to The House of Indy. My name is Joey Galvez, and I'll see you later. Mm-hmm.